you are in the perfect place at the divine time to be touched by a horse. Here's your hosts, Melissa Pierce and Dane Cheek. Hi everyone, this is Melissa. And this is Dane. We're so happy to be back with you. <laughs> We're excited to do a podcast. I thought we'd talk about the best news in our family this week. What do you think? Yeah, I <laughs> think that would be a good one <laughs> and right. well-deserving. And well-deserving. So my son, Cody, which is now your stepson for the last 18 years. Total badass. Total badass. He's a wonderful guy. And he won the Master Men's National Championship as a mountain biker. He is a professional mountain biker, but that's a huge win and we're very happy for him. And we know that I've brought him up to not only seek that we're proud of him, that's fine, but I want him to be really proud of himself. So I wanted to say a little bit about Cody today. Is that an okay topic for you? I think it's a great one. All right. He got into bikes when he was really little and what I remember is his first big wheel. That's before I knew you, of course, by a long shot. But I was single. He had this big wheel that he would ride in the driveway of our home. So was he a terror on the big wheel? He was. He was racing around the neighborhood in this big wheel. I mean, he's two and a half, right? Two and a half, three years old. And he's so good on this big wheel. And I lived next door to an older couple, probably my age now, but an older couple then. And they, the man would come out and he'd pretend to put gas in it for him. So he'd ride from my driveway out to the sidewalk, over to the next house, up the driveway. And the guy'd pretend to put gas in it and he'd be all happy and he'd bike back around to me. And, and it was a lot of fun. My horses at that time were boarded at a beautiful ranch. And I'd take him out to the ranch and have him sit on the back of my mare and, you know, be a part of the horses, which he loved, but not as much as biking. Yeah, I bet. I tried a lot to get that kid into horses. You know, I always wanted a big wheel, but it was sort of past my time. Oh, yeah. Yeah. You would have been like 14 on a big wheel? Probably like 20. 20 on a big wheel. (laughs) (laughs) We can find you one. Actually, you can make almost anything. You could make yourself a big wheel. It'd be pretty good. So, yeah. So, it was a lot of fun. And then, like all kids, do you remember your first bike? Your first two-wheeler? Oh, yeah, I do. Oh, yeah. boy, I remember mine, too. A blue Huffy. But he got a red bike two-wheeler. And he's little. And we put it on... I think he's probably five and we put it outside the front door of the house to sit with a bow on it to say Santa Claus brought it on Christmas morning and it had training wheels like most kids have training wheels did you have training wheels of course yeah Yeah, and I did too I had my training wheels for a while I still have training wheels (laughs) (laughs) that's called a walker walk with a walker I'm jumping around so but his first bikes he has these training wheels I swear this child had these training wheels for a couple days and he wanted them off he was already very much a natural athlete lots of good balance and so he got his training wheels off and he was off and running and by that time lived on a a small ranchette uh, about four acres with a barn and pastures and stuff and he lived there for a few years with me and was just again I kept trying to get him into the horses and he'd ride 
but what he loved was his bike. And next thing I knew, he was constantly coming to me with another bike he wanted. And I'd say, well, you know, okay, we're not made of money, so you gotta sell one bike, put that money toward the next bike, and I'll help you buy the next bike. So this went on until the bikes were finally parts, and he'd be taking the bikes apart, and then he needed parts for bikes. <laughs> and so he just fell in love, really, with the whole process. And the mountain biking, at that time, we lived in Tempe, Arizona, and there were no mountains for him to bike in as a kid. In fact, our whole property where the horses were was all pretty flat. And so he created a course, like a, a, I don't know, like a bike obstacle course, I guess. But unfortunately, he took a spray paint can without asking and painted arrows on our trees and on the concrete driveway. Like all these arrows all over the turn here, turn here, turn here. Yeah. So he's creating a course. He's got a great imagination, but that never came off. Like that's probably still in that driveway all these years later. So it was really quite quite the, the pattern for him for sure. And again, I'd get him to ride. He'd trail ride with me. He'd do some riding with me. And I bribed him big time because we were showing all over the country. And and he'd go to the shows. That was fine. He'd ask if he could put his bike in. He really wasn't enamored. Did, you know? did he have a horse like mine? He did. He did. He had a horse named Bueno. And oh, we had a, bueno. he had a number of horses, yeah. but Bueno, who lasted forever. Bueno lived right. to be 34 years old. So he had Bueno. He had a couple of horses as he was growing up, but Bueno was the first one he was allowed to leave property and go ride, you know, to go out with his friends and go show off for his girlfriends and stuff. Which was Yeah, funny. I've even ridden Bueno. I know. Well, you <laughs> You rode Bueno when he was an old man, so he rode him when he was a young, you know, right, right. vivacious horse. But yeah, you remember old Bueno. What a great, great, great horse he was. Absolutely. Got him from a good friend of mine, Cy Jarboe, and made a trade, actually, for a little Rainer mare that we had uh, for a trade for Cody to have this horse that I knew he'd always be safe on. And later, Molly rode Bueno, and I've even got pictures of four little girls on his back, bareback at one time, so it was a lot of fun. Yeah, and then he gave Bueno to our next or neighbor. Right, exactly. So after that, my husband and I, we bought our Cave Creek Ranch and moved 45 miles north and went up into the high desert of Cave Creek. And the school, Cody had been in traditional schools up until that point, but the school that that town had, had a normal school, regular school, I should say, and it also had this alternative school. And I figured Cody would be a great fit for this alternative school. At the beginning of this school, it was started by three professors from Arizona State University for their own kids because they wanted kids to have a love of learning more than anything else. They wanted them to enjoy learning and they didn't think learning had to be as it was in the traditional school system. And so I think there were 23 kids in his school ages uh, sixth grade through senior in high school. They all learned at the same time together, but at their own levels. And it was a progressive school and perfect for him. He loved it. It grew over the years and he really loved it. But one of the things that happened is you have 23 kids. You don't have a football team and a baseball team and all that. So instead, they had mountain biking. And this incredibly wonderful mountain biker, Steve Strine, 
worked at the school as a teacher, and he became the coach for the team for these kids to mount bike. So how old was he then? Cody? Yeah. Um, I'm going to say when he and Steve linked up, and Cody will listen to this podcast and correct me on anything that isn't accurate, but I believe he was like a freshman in high school when he started mountain biking with Steve. Steve was the first person that said, do you know that there's mountain bike contests and competitions and it could even be a career. And, you know, he really put the vision for Cody together for him. And Cody loved biking with Steve, learned a lot about competition mountain biking from Steve. And of course we were in the mountains then, right? right. Because we're in Cave Creek. But I know Cody's always been like a really good athlete. Oh yeah. And then I'm, I'm assuming at that time, your stepfather, Andy, was around, right? Oh, yeah. My dad, I think of him as my dad, but yeah, he definitely was around. And Cody was also golfing, and he was a great golfer. And I tell a pretty funny story on him that he doesn't remember, but he was too little. He was still maybe under three, and he was going to go to an ice skating party of a little bit older child in our neighborhood. So I thought, I better take him ice skating once before the birthday party, so he's feels familiar. He's more of an introvert and I wanted him to feel comfortable on ice skates. I'm not a Joe ice skater, trust me. So he gets his little skates on. I tie him up. You know, he's got his little skates on and I need to put my skates on. So I said, just hold on, just stand there a minute and let me get my skates on and then we'll skate. Okay. Can I stand on the ice? I'm like, no, just stay on the rubber mat, you know, because I didn't want anything to happen to him. And so he goes, I want to stand on the ice. I'm like, fine, you can stand on the ice thinking that he's probably going to end up on his butt, but he'd stand. So he's standing on the ice. He's holding on to the little thing. I'm putting my skates on as fast as I can, fast as I can. Next thing I know, he figured out on his own, 30 seconds on the ice, how to move the skates. You know how you move them in and out to go backwards? Yeah. And the next thing I know, he's spinning around and he's skating all over the ice I'm thinking this kid skates better than me. His first time on the ice as a three-year-old. So I just sort of waved from the sidelines and said, good, go skate. He was just a natural, always has been very much a natural athlete with a lot of balance for sure. So he was so good at golf. He was very good at golf. That I remember you telling me he had to make a decision. He did because we took him to a lot of different golf tournaments and he had a, a golf pros that worked with him and every single golf pro, including my dad, who worked with him when he was a child, like 9, 10, 11 years old, they said he could have a fabulous career as a professional golfer. And that's the direction we thought he was going and he loved it. We got him some great ping, which was the big club back then, right, right. great ping golf clubs and took him everywhere and he was incredible with it and really, really good at it. But everything we introduced him to in life, he came back to the bike. And I think the bike was where his heart was and where he wanted to be. Sometimes I know he's laughed and said, gee, if I'd gone the golf route, I'd be making a bunch of money, right? right <laughs> so they right. make a lot more money than professional mountain bikers. But he's followed his heart for sure. So he got on that team in high school. I do remember taking him to a mountain bike competition, not to ride in, but to observe. And there was this professional mountain biker and he had a real nice trailer and he was sitting outside the trailer in the heart of everything that was going on. I was sort of roped off a little bit like a little yard, you know, around his trailer. And he was relaxing and just chatting with a bunch of other guys. And he was somebody that Cody idolized. He, he recognized him. He was from 
I won't say what it is, but a certain brand of mountain bike that was very big and very big to Cody. Very That was the team. If he could ride in a pro team, that's the team he wanted. So he's like one of his idols. And so I'm bold. So I thought, well, let's go over and introduce yourself to him and, and meet him. So we went over and I said, hi, and told him who I was and said, this is my son, Cody. And he wants to be a professional mountain biker. And this guy was rude, really rude to him. Mm, mm, mm. Just, just nasty. And, you know, we both left going, wow, that wasn't a very good impression of the sport. All these years later, I've never seen anybody like that. So maybe we caught the guy after he had lost a race or I don't know, maybe there was a reason for him to feel that way that day. But, you know, to me, you bring a young child with stars in his eyes and you're an idol you are polite. You don't have to stand there a long time or anything else, but just to be polite to somebody is pretty minimalist. And the rest of the environment of mountain biking is very friendly and very nice and very co-supportive all the way through. I think what that did, I don't know whether Cody would agree, but I think subconsciously it's made Cody one of those people that always is approachable to young people and is kind to them and just sportsmanship was everything to him and so to him you you represent the sport right, right as right. a as a nice person for sure so he did really well in his high school small as it was he was number one in his class he got a college scholarship four-year college scholarship to a university which as a parent, you're pleased that that happened, right? Because it's going to save a lot of money for one. But for him, it really created a big dilemma. I know I've shared this with you before. Created a huge dilemma for him because here he came from, my father was a professor. I'm quasi in teaching, teaching people the work that I do. Uh, his grandmother had been a teacher, his grandfather a principal. You know, he came from a family that lived in the college town of Arizona State University. So he knew university was important to our family. And I think he knew that that was probably an expectation that we had. And here he goes and he gets this scholarship. And so he came pretty crestfallen. And I sat down with me and I said, why aren't you jumping for joy about this scholarship? And he was so kind. He says, I am, and I don't know that I want a college degree. I want to pursue the mountain biking career. And I didn't know, could you make a career out of this? I had no idea. He had been very fortunate to get into some bike camps at that time to work with professional mountain bikers and guys on these big teams. He had the posters of the, uh, I don't remember the name of the bike, but like Mountaindale bike or whatever. And you know, he was really into it. And I knew he was very into it. And he said, mom, the truth of it is, I need to be biking 600 miles a week to be competitive at my age level and where I'm headed. And so 600 miles a week plus college doesn't compute. And I said, no, it doesn't. 600 miles a week is just crazy. 600 miles a week is a sore butt. No kidding. No <laughs> kidding. No kidding. But that, that was his dream. And he had proven to me that he worked his dream. You know, one of the things I think I bring to clients that I have is a different relationship with goal setting and a different relationship with a vision. And when I gave those to that child when he was a young guy, when he was a freshman in high school, I started talking to him about build your vision, write it out, put it on your mirror, 
know your goals, put them places in your room that you'll see them over and over. You know, most kids listen to their parents and roll their eyes. He actually did these things. His bathroom mirror, he had all his goals written out, you know, what he wanted to do. I mean, he took it extremely seriously and he took everything that I coached him on as far as how to get what you want in life. One is to write the vision as if it's already happened and then to become who you are in that vision. So if you write a vision for, if you're a listener and you write a vision for where you want to be five years from now, and maybe where you want to be five years from now is you want your horses in the backyard and a barn and a cute little property and, and an arena, and you can see all that and you write it all out, and perhaps it includes a change of career or whatever it might be. The cardinal question after the vision is written is who do you need to become to step into that vision? And then you work on those things, you know, and that's what I saw him do. He was always making improvements, constant and never ending improvement on who he was, how he biked how he trained, all of that, just everything he could get his hands on. So I took it seriously and I said to him, I feel that you have found what you believe is where you want to go. I see you're serious about it. Universities have been around for a couple hundred years. They probably will be around when and if you ever decide to attend. And if you do, you won't have a scholarship. So you and I need to figure out the money part of all that. And you would have to pay for part of it. And he said, I would. I wouldn't expect you to pay for all of it at that point. We would, you know, talk about that then. So he dropped his scholarship. It went to the second person in line. And she was dreaming of going to a four-year university. It helped her family a great deal. It helped her a great deal. And I don't know what she ever did with it, but I know she was thrilled when she got the scholarship handed to her instead of Cody at that point. So it was all good. Touched by a Horse offers three comprehensive programs giving you the ability to have the career you've always dreamed about, working in partnership with the magic of horses. Our equine facilitator program provides you with the skills to build a thriving business hosting group experiences with horses. Our equine gestaltist program prepares you to open your own private gestalt practice in partnership with horses. And our master equine gestaltist program builds your gestalt skills both in and outside the round pen. All of our programs include in-depth live classes, business growth training, and a supportive community of herd members to collaborate with and learn from. Visit our website at touchedbyahorse.com to learn more about which program is right for you and your healing herd. And then I started looking for there must be, if you're not going to do university to achieve your dream, then who can you turn to who could be your mentor? Who could be your person that coaches you, trains you, mentors you to your career? I did a little research and I found a man named Dr. Arnie Baker in San Diego, California. And what Dr. Arnie did for a living was coach people in biking and cycling, mountain biking and road cycling. And so we went, Cody and I, and met Arnie Baker, went to his home, beautiful home in Old Town, San Diego, met his wife, who's an incredible person. Cody was starry-eyed over all of that. And so he, what, what, he rode with Dr. Baker for was years. Was Dr. Baker a physician? 
Yes, he was a okay. medical doctor and cyclist. Yeah, okay. and so he was like the perfect crossover, cool. right? For what you needed to eat, what you needed to do exercise-wise, what what things he should be watching on his body with the technology of the day back then, right. and all of that. So, and it introduced him to a group of cyclists who were serious about cycling. You know, not just gee, that's fun. Let's go do that Saturday but really stepped him up in the game to a level of cycling that was quite different for him. And and again, he took to it and just really, really did well with it. So got him into a great group of people and brought him along in his competitions quite a bit. And he would report to Dr. Baker. You know, today everything's so digital, but back then he'd report into Dr. Baker. To, he'd call him Arnie, but he'd report into Arnie. They'd talk about things and kept progressing everything as it went along, which was really great to see. And I think Cody's natural nature is one to be competitive and yet insanely sportsmanlike. <laughs> you know him. He's just a yeah. kind, fair, good guy. Right. Just and so mellow. And- yeah. And, and really competitive, I think, with himself more than with the other riders, but to do the very best he could each and every time he competed. And I had no idea till I started following his young career when he was first getting started, which is about when you came on the scene. And he would have an off race. He'd have a race where he had two flat tires. I remember him going to Hawaii. and Oh, yeah, I remember, remember that. And just yeah. being crestfallen because right. the... The uh, volcanic rock sliced his tires up and he learned a big lesson, you know, doing that. But he's never been one. You've never heard him and I've never heard him be one that whines about anything in losing. Exactly. Never, yeah. he, ever, ever. He'd He'll never just say, say, oh, crap. You no, know, he'd just or, say, yeah, it wasn't my day. Yeah. It wasn't my day. Or, oh, my tires got sliced twice and I've learned that about volcanic rock. Yeah. Very kind about it. I, I think when we first met, he was in cooking school. Yeah, he also wanted to study nutrition for sports medicine and nutrition. And, and he did. He went to cooking school too. Yeah. And uh, became a very, very good chef. Very smart chef and very good chef of... He wanted to take healthy recipes, but make them even healthier, make them really adapted for, for what he wanted uh, in his diet. So you also, it was about the time he got his first national championship. You won the amateurs. Yeah, the amateur. Yeah, yeah, exactly. What I remember about that is he didn't tell anybody, including his mom, right. for a very long time that he had won the nationals. I'm like, how do you not tell your yeah, mom? I'm the national champ. <laughs> but he doesn't have no. that in him. Yeah. He just doesn't have that. That promotional spirit or that braggadocious part or any it's just missing Gene and the child. So he he just didn't have it. So I remember I got after him pretty big when that happened for him. So when he won this week, he won the men's master men's national championship. He did tell me the same day, which I was very happy. I was like, Well, there's growth. Good, good for him, good for him. What that took like 15 years, right? I think so. I, I think so. I think so. Yeah, he really, he's really done so well for himself and and so well as a human being to develop into it. And he needed to, he got bikes instead of income. He got these incredibly expensive bikes that these companies hand the pro mountain bikers 
because obviously the non-pros watching and going, I want the bike like Cody has, you know, I, I want that because Cody won on that bike and looks great on that bike. So that's what I want. So he's had helmets, shoes, bikes, bike parts, tires. I mean, you name it. He hasn't had to pay for anything in the terms of bike equipment for many, many years. Right. And then he had to figure out how do I also afford going to all the races but between dr baker and of course me being a coach he decided you know maybe what i could do is develop others and help others and develop a training program for them and he got really serious about that but he was yeah he, he was also a uh, exterior professional athlete yes. yeah, yeah absolutely which is the running swimming and mountain biking. Oh my God, yes. It yeah, was amazing. So, yeah. yeah, with the Xterra, just amazing. We got a chance, you and I got a chance with my crazy schedule. It wasn't easy, but we've gotten the chance to go to some of those races. And the most astonishing part to me, I will say, is that after biking, do you remember how many miles the Xterra biking is? I don't know. I don't know. And running it's and a all long that. Way. It's, a, it's a long way. But, well, it's not to him. See, that's the thing. I think... I'm going to be wrong on this, but I think it's 26 or 27 miles of biking, three miles of running, and a mile of swimming. Let's just say that's what it is. It's kind of like that. It's not easy. It's not the Ironman, but it's based on that same premise, and it's not easy to do. And it's in the mountains. But the part that yeah. was really good to me is he'd come across the finish line with a first, second, or third, wherever he was, or fourth, but he wasn't even breathing hard. I know. <laughs> that you're not even breathing hard. and then you see these guys some guys on tv where <laughs> they go across the finish line and they're like laying on the ground about well, that'd dead. be you and me yeah. that'd be you and me coming across going, <laughs> yeah exactly after we finished walking yeah <laughs> <laughs> well, we, i don't even try and see the finish line but yeah it, it was crazy to watch and and fun to watch fun to fun to watch him compete in all of those things uh, one we went to was in Ogden. It was, a, I think, a Nationals up in Ogden. And beautiful part of Utah. And swimming in that river. And it was interesting. And they run like little mountain goats all over the mountain. And then they bike everywhere. And, you know, as a mom, I'm just saying, please stay on the bike. Keep the bike between you and the ground. We'll all be okay. So, yeah, it's, it's interesting. And he's been very blessed. He hasn't had any severe injury. I'll say it that way. He's had injuries over the years. But he hasn't, thank God, had any really severe injuries that have come along and created surgeries or anything like that. So he was with Kathy at that time, right? Well, I was just going to say, a little angel came in his life. Yeah. So he's living with another guy who was also a mountain biker. They were sharing housing and to keep the rent down and all that. And they were biking. You'll remember this. They were biking in those little Surrey bikes where they take people to concerts and restaurants and stuff. I remember in downtown that. Yeah, Denver. Yeah. So he was doing that to make some money, and uh, which is not an easy job, by the way. But he was doing that, and this guy was doing that too, and they were sharing co-housing. And across the street and down the street was a beautiful young woman with three little girls, two four-year-old twins and a six-year-old, beautiful little girls, I know she has told me she noticed Cody because he'd go out and mow the front yard with his shirt off. And she wondered who he was. She also wondered who the male roommate was. She didn't want to make any assumptions there. But she got to know Cody. I think she was smart enough to ask him for help for something. I think, yeah, I think it was like the YMCA or yeah, something. Yeah, well, she was she was uh, teaching basketball. She's an athlete, too. Right. Teaching basketball in an all-boys school in the local area. But And she biked, but not like Cody. You know, that wasn't her thing. So they started dating. 
and she realized, I think, what a great guy he was, and he realized what an incredible woman she was, and the little girls, while they still had their dad, they'd go see their dad, you know, every other weekend or whatever, um, were really close with their mom and healthy and a handful. And so I'm not sure every guy in the world would do that, but when he fell in love with Kathy, he fell in love with the girls and they became an incredible family together and have blessed us with these three grand girls that are just, yeah. just, yeah. just off the charts, wonderful girls all the way. And Kathy, what you and I both noticed, I think it was at Ogden. She wasn't competing yet that I remember. And she was not just cheering on Cody. It, it's her natural positive spirit. She was helping everybody, you know, telling them their markers and giving them water. And she's just, she was just so interested in everyone doing well and everyone staying safe and everyone knowing what they were doing. It was really infectious to see how positive she was about everything that Cody was involved in with that. And she had fallen in love with the sport herself. That was clear. And she was biking. I don't remember that she was competing at Ogden. I, I And maybe she was, but I don't think so. I think she was there at that point in her life as as a support side of the whole thing. And I know she had an incredible back surgery, maybe a couple years after that, that she recovered from that I think a lot of people would have said, well, forget it. I'm not going to get on a bike because I've had this you know, back surgery. But she went on to win the national championships in the women's amateur. Amateur, area. yeah. Just amazing. Yeah. So she's fallen. And she, today she is a hugely wonderful competitive part. So they both do this. They both compete. And what a merger for the two of them. She's been a fitness trainer. You know, she has her own expertise area and Cody has his. And they dovetail together so well that they started again mentoring and coaching others Last I asked them, and this may be wrong, I think they had 32 to 35 people on their team. It's called Weight Endurance. And they all wear the WE jerseys and they bike together and train together and go to the races together, support each other, cheer each other on. And I think Kathy and Cody's passion is the younger bikers that are thinking about this as a profession. So they're 16, 17, 18, 19, 20, you know, in that age range, they have team members of all age ranges, but looking at that and seeing, you know, can they inspire them? And what a fantastic discipline. Even if they go on to do something completely different with their life, they understand so much more about their own physiology, their health, the psychology of competing, about being great sports, about about so many things outside of the direct things that they teach uh, that I would think almost any parent would want to find Cody and Kathy to have their kid be a part of that, to be honest. If your kid's into mountain biking at all, you want to look them up because the life lessons and the lessons that they'll carry for their entire lives, whether they stay in mountain biking or yeah, not, are and, invaluable. Yeah, and their camaraderie. And, Absolutely. Yeah, Just a clean, nice couple with a great marriage that are willing to say, hey, you know, how can we support you to be all you can be? So they got lucky with one out of three girls. <laughs> Do I think I, they got lucky with they all got three. All three, yeah. absolutely. Biking-wise, they got lucky with one. They all three biked. They all three liked it. But the other two, Emma, our oldest girl, she's found her own calling. She's actually off to Spain for a year, which is exciting. 
and the younger twin of the two, Noelle, who is just a confectionery. She's just so sweet. And, and a great artist. And a phenom artist and a phenom chef. She's off to art school in Portland. And then there's our Sophia, who has trained hard with Cody and Kathy, stayed the course, fallen in love with the sport. And last year, she represented the United States. She's 19 this year. Last year, she represented the United States in Italy. This year, she'll be representing the United States in Quebec. And she came in second in the Nationals two days ago. So we say big congratulations to our beautiful Sophia as well. Absolutely. Really, really neat three girls, I'll tell you. Raising three girls is not easy. I don't know about that. Yeah. (laughs) And three. Yeah, you didn't have to do that. And three step girls, which he thinks of them as his girls. Exactly. Three step girls who are respectful, kind, loving, wonderful human beings. They're going to contribute in society on everything that they do. Their heads are on straight. They take care of themselves. They're just amazing. And much credit to Kathy and much credit to Cody. I remember saying to him one time when they were about, I think the twins were 14 and Emma was 16 and Kathy's, you know, raising these teenagers, right? Three teenagers in the household. And Cody had said to Kathy, stay in bed. The mornings go better because they just argue with you. Let me feed them, get them out the door to school. Let me just do that part because it's chaos around here when they're wanting to argue with their mom. They didn't argue with him. You know, daughters and mothers, that's the way that goes for a while. And uh, I said, gosh, some days don't you feel like you're living on the set of The View? Because they all had different little opinions going on and (laughs) things going on and interests going on, you know. But they've been just a fantastic team of parents as well. I want to give a plug to their podcast. So Cody and Kathy's podcast is called The Weight, W-A-I-T-E, Endurance Podcast. The W-A-I-T-E, Endurance Podcast. It's fun. It's interesting. If you have anyone in your life that's into endurance sports of any kind, running, biking, swimming, whatever, they would have an interest in this podcast. He's a guest nationally on other people's podcasts and on stage for, you know, what does it take to be a top athlete at that sport or any sport, really, the psychology of it, the physiology of it, and all of that. And um, if you have a direct interest in mountain biking, you can definitely, you know, reach him through the Weight Endurance Podcast as well and get onto their website and ask questions and all that kind of thing because they do take new members on their team or they can give you guidance and recommendations. He's actually developed a whole training regime that he customizes for athletes depending on where they're starting. So if you're just starting out, you think mountain biking's an interest and you'd love to compete, but you don't know how to really properly train for a ride, there's a lot more to it than just putting in the miles. And so he customizes a plan that you follow and you follow along and give the feedback of where you are to make sure you meet your objective of making it into that competition and being able to do the ride. So they're an amazing couple. We are so happy for them. Congratulations, Cody, for your national win and Sophia for your second in nationals. Kathy, I know it wasn't your day at this 
this particular race, but you kick butt and do so well in so many races and are always there for everybody and for everybody's heart and to cheer them on. So they were just sure. up in the mountains of Winter Park yeah. in Colorado. Yeah. And I'm assuming now they're off to, what'd you say, West well, Virginia? Well, now they're off to West Virginia to do a race there, which will be a really different weather climate. And, you know, Winter Park's a high above sea level. And I think in West Virginia where they're going to be is probably sea level. So very different everywhere that they go. There's humidity in West Virginia that they don't have in Colorado. A lot of different things that are there. So the team will be in West Virginia and then they're off to Quebec for the world playoffs and Sophia representing the United States in Quebec. So really just an amazing career. And and he made the right choice not going to the university. For him, he made the right choice. They make a strong income. They love what they're doing. They're passionate about what they're doing. And isn't that what life's all about? To figure out what your kids really want to do and to be and to apply themselves and it's just never one pathway fits all right everybody has their pathways and I guess I shouldn't be too surprised my job my career is so unique I don't know anybody else that does what I do and he and Kathy can say the same so just a a very different way and we still would love them to come ride horses so I will say that I want to say a shout out to our sponsor please go check out Hope through horses. Hope through horses is a nonprofit that is partially sponsoring these podcasts and we're very grateful to them for that. They are a direct link to the Touch by a Horse both training program and also client services. So check out Hope Through Horses when you can. And thanks for listening with me sharing about our beautiful son Cody and kind of his journey from big wheel, getting gas in his big wheel with the old man next door, to his first bike, to the permanent damage he did to the driveway of my first farm, to um, where where he came in. I can still see him in Niwa at our bigger ranch. He used to come up the driveway with his arms off the handlebars up like he was winning a race because he was envisioning, he was following everything I told him to do. Come across that like you're coming up across the ribbon, you know, winning a race each time. But I also remember whenever you were telling me he was sleeping in this crazy tent. Oh, God, yeah. <laughs> we can't get out of the podcast this easy, can we? Well, there's all those stories, too. So I knew he had to be serious if yes, he was sleeping in yes, a crazy exactly. tent. exactly. This was before he married Kathy. Kathy's very glad to say this. But, you know, we moved from Phoenix to Colorado. And one of the reasons we moved was for his biking because he loved it. And in Phoenix, he wasn't ever going to build the bloodstream he needed. Up here, there's less air. So your your actual white cells and red cells change in your blood when you live at a high elevation. And he wanted to be a mountain biker. We needed to get to the mountains, so we did. And he then learned that he could sleep in an oxygen deprivation tent on top of his bed. Scared me because oxygen deprivation doesn't sound intelligent and so I learned a little bit about it he showed me the whole thing he set it up and he on purpose Dr. Baker was helping him at this point too, deprived his blood so that his blood chemistry would change. And it definitely did help him. His race results turned out different. I I remember the day I said to him, you know, someday you're going to meet a woman, you're going to fall in love, you're going to want to get married, and this tent's not going to fly. You Just so you know that I'm going in, you know. And he laughed and he said, well, you don't know, maybe she'll sleep in the tent with me. So uh, I'm pleased to say he sleeps on a normal bed today. (laughs) 
also remember whenever he uh oh uh oh he uh-oh. bought this crazy pool that he put in his garage. Oh yeah, well, that was so crazy. <laughs> he was doing X Terra, and so he bought one of those pools where you swim against the current to strengthen his uh, breathing and yeah, strengthen yeah. everything in like, there. Wow. Well, I don't think it's crazy, yeah. but it's part of that sport. Yeah, he's an all-in kind of guy. All look, in. Yeah. Look in our backyard with the goats, alpacas, <laughs> and horses, and all that. It might be in his genetics. You yeah. know, he's yeah. all in, just yeah. like I am. All in. All in. Well, we hope you're all in and that you enjoyed this episode of our podcast. Thanks so much for listening. Please share our podcast with your friends. And we hope it's always uplifting and positive and gives you something to think about. Write your vision. Bye. Bye. Thank you for listening to the Touched by a Horse podcast. If you'd like more information about anything we've talked about on the show today or our certification program, please visit our website at touchedbyahorse.com. That's touchedbyahorse.com. Or contact our office by phone at 303-440-7125. Also, be sure to keep up with us on social media. We're at Touched by a Horse on both Facebook and Instagram. See you around the barn and on the next episode.